oftentimes normally just read the you know, first 20 or so verses out of Luke 2. Uh, we've been making a habit the last couple of years to read almost all of chapter 1 and 2. Because there's just so much in the build-up. <laughs> um, God is definitely working before angels show up on a Bethlehem hillside. So the Gospel of Luke opens up this way. It says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, well, How shall I know this? For I am an old man. And my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were, were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And, and when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that well, he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service had ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among women. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose, whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. She was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, 
you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth is in, in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month of her, uh, with her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste till the hill country uh, to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold... From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her and they rejoiced with her. And on, and on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, no, he shall be called John. And they said to her, well, none of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loose and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that, he, uh, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant the oath that he swore to our fathers Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear 
in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in the spirit, And he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. In those days, a a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And the angels went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, well, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. At the end of eight days, he was circumcised. He was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at 
what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will, will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and well, then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. So as a church family, um, we've been focusing our attention this entire month on some absolutely massive truths about the incarnation of Jesus and, and what that changes about the world that we live in, right? Not, not, just, not just cute little holiday things, no, earth shakers. We looked at these, at the familiar themes that you're supposed to look at every year at Advent, you know, those things, peace and hope and love. Tomorrow morning, Lord willing, we're going to be back in this space and we're going to look at the, the theme of joy together. It's going to be great. But over the month, um, we, we took up this overarching theme of the soul felt its worth, right? The title of our book, all of our artwork looks like that. And that has been our, our, our kind of our banner, our theme for the month. And obviously, that line is pulled from well, one of the biggest. It's a big song. It's a big song. In fact, it takes a much bigger singer than me to pull it off well. It's a big song, but it's not just big in a technical, musical sense. It's also really, really big in a lyrical sense as well. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. That's a banger. That's a massive, massive line. And it's probably, I got to thinking about it, it's probably my second favorite line in all of the Christmas songs I'm aware of. I, I get to talk about it, my first favorite line tomorrow morning. You're going to have to come back for that. But my second favorite line is from O Holy Night. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Now, Depending on how you walked into the room tonight, there are actually two very, very different ways of hearing those absolutely massive words. The soul felt its worth, and it all hinges on what the word its belongs to. What is its? I don't know which one the carol writer uh, had in mind, I don't, uh, there, but there are two possibilities. Uh, the first option is that the soul is thinking about itself, right? The soul felt its Worth. The soul is feeling worthy. In a momentary explosion of angelic celebration over the birth of the Messiah, the soul thinks to itself, Self, how valuable I must be that all of this is for me. Now there's definitely a pathway which you can walk down thinking that and find yourself in what we would clearly describe as an unbiblical place. Absolutely so. Just full of all kinds of unspeakable pride. However, there's also a pathway that you can walk down that puts you in the same exact category as folks like David, 
who is man that you are mindful of him? What did I do? Why in the world would I get to be witness to this? How, how could God in his infinite goodness ever condescend to such lowly place as, as to be concerned with someone like me? Right? I know my sin. I am fully aware of how much I contribute my share to the brokenness of this world. I've seen it. How could I ever be worth this kind of glorious solution from you, oh Lord? And listen, maybe, maybe you walked in here tonight and you deeply feel. Like you, you're familiar with every single ounce of the sin that you provide that separates you relationally from a holy God. It resonates all the way down through your bones. Uh, the, the sinner's soul is not intrinsically valuable. You, you know that. You get that. You feel that. You live that. So hear the angel chorus tonight. Fall on your knees. Fall on your knees. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. At the same time that your soul is not intrinsically valuable, what we're celebrating tonight is the drawing near of a God who delights in declaring value and what does not have value. A God who draws near and says, I want that one for myself. You belong to me now. He delights in claiming you as his own and providing every single thing necessary for you to be reconciled back to him. If that's you, man, I'd love to help you respond to that. Respond to what he's done through his son Jesus to turn from your sin and your shame and to turn to him as Savior and Lord. Does, does your soul finally feel its declared worth tonight? Let's talk after we're done here. But there's a second word to read, way to read the word it's. There's, there's a second way to kind of hear and feel what the what a massive Christmas carol is actually saying and um, the soul has this momentary glimpse of, of, of all the things that are changed forever turned upside down by this incredible news of the Savior's birth that in the middle of that explosion of angelic celebration over the birth of the Messiah the soul thinks to itself hey don't you know what this means? Don't you see? Nothing, absolutely nothing can ever be the same ever again. And it's this reading that causes me to adore a line in an absolutely massive Christmas carol. Don't you see? I think it's this reading that ultimately moved our devotional writer to name a book after it. It's also the reason that we've been trying to throw haymakers all month long at the kind of the presuppositions of our culture, uh, kind of our culture around the Christmas season, quote unquote. Why we've just been throwing as, as hard as we can. Church family, peace and hope and love and joy, they are, they are not merely some friendly reminder to chase after some better things in an otherwise busy season. 
That's not what they're about. They are not some polite, religiously flavored sentiment to a world that may or may not get behind some more noble-sounding things this time of the year. No, church, they are tsunamis that are still flowing out of a seismic event that happened over 2,000 years ago. The wave is still crashing. The world was shook. It is still shaking. And if the Bible is true, it promises that that's not going to be the last seismic event. More is to come. And so if your eyes aren't open to them at all, like if, if you see in any sense of the word, like I promise you, the soul will feel their worth if you're paying attention. Don't you know what this means? Don't you see nothing, absolutely nothing can ever be the same ever again. What was originally announced in the garden, it was funneled through the family line of Abraham. It was carried along in the wilderness wanderings and into a promised land. It was defined and then refined by the sin-filled failures of prophets and priests and kings. It was preserved during the time of the exile by God's hand through an undeserving remnant. It was promised and foretold, and then for some reason it was hushed through hundreds and hundreds of years of silence. And then suddenly, and suddenly, an announcement to an unlikely family of a messenger who would go before him. A couple months later, suddenly, the announcement to an even more unlikely family that he himself is coming. And then God lays it upon the heart of a wicked king to decide that he wanted to count some of his people so he can get better taxes out of them. And so uh, uh, people move from one part of the land to another part of the land and, and so that a bunch of Old Testament promises could be fulfilled. And then on a quiet Bethlehem hillside, in front of some scraggly, often disrespected shepherds, we finally get that full explosion of angelic celebration. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Silence, then great explosion, and then back to silence again. But absolutely nothing is the same anymore. Silence, then great explosion. Then back to silence again. But nothing can ever be the same. I can get the guys in the back to drop the, the lights on my face. 
as the waves continue to ripple and ripple and ripple and ripple more and more and more and more souls are awakened to feel its worth. The world was shaken, it is still shaking. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, and finish what you began. Father, thank you for sending your son, for being the kind of God who draws near. And in drawing near, turns the world upside down. We can't wait to see what you will do ahead. As we celebrate Christmas, would you help us guard the shape of it? Not that any other thing that we add to this season is necessarily a problem, but it's just not good enough. It's not beautiful enough or world-changing enough. I'd rather have you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright round young virgin mother and child holy infant so tender and mild sleep in heavenly